Good day, everyone, and um, welcome to our first podcast of the fourth quarter. Today, I have the pleasure once again of picking the brains of Ryan and Chris from our economics and trading desk, respectively. Ryan, Chris, it um, feels like we're in the eye of the storm here in terms of the pandemic, uh, politics, Brexit, and the US presidency. Only yesterday, the UK reported 19,724 new cases. That's almost 2,500 up on the previous day. And uh, tighter restrictions were introduced in Europe too, such as the 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew in major cities uh, in France, for instance. This morning, um, we saw Sterling Siloff, as the Times reported, that the UK government will impose tier two status on London from midnight on Friday, scuppering plans of uh, a couple of um, playdates that my son was going to have with his uh, classmates. Um, worryingly, Italy reported its highest daily COVID cases uh, since the start of the pandemic, um, and numbers were also really awful in Portugal too. Wales, not satisfied with the UK government's Tier 3 system, has decided to ban travellers from COVID hotspots in England, Scotland and Northern Ireland, with the latter going one step further, introducing their own four-week circuit breaker, which includes schools being shut for two weeks as well. Um, in terms of how this has affected the pound, well, the market feels very jittery. We've seen sterling dollar rise two cents between the morning and afternoon sessions yesterday, for instance. Um, only a day earlier, it fell by a similar margin when news hit the wires that Boris um, Johnson had said trading with the EU without a deal holds no fear. Um, today is the start of the two-day EU summit. Um, and to make sense of this and how it affects the pound, let me start off by bringing Ryan in here. Ryan, what are your thoughts on, on everything? Obviously, I think um, tackle Brexit first um, with the European Council summit over today and tomorrow, as you said. Um, now, this had previously been touted as kind of the critical, the deadline meeting, a meeting where a, an agreement had to be made. Um, I think if anything, kind of that kind of hard and fast deadline seems to have slipped and it's now turned into a, a kind of a, a softer um, opportunity to try and take stock of, of, of where we are. But certainly I think Sterling is subject to event risk over the next 48 hours. Um, I suppose the big question is what will we get out of the summit? Will we get anything material from the European summit? I think... In very broad terms, I think much of kind of the, the broad background has kind of been telegraphed in by various sources in the European Union, uh, the press, etc. Um, I think in reality, there's unlikely to be kind of a your big bang deal or no deal over the next two days. I think what you are going to see and what will be reported is that there has been some progress in certain areas and that's certainly I think been the underlying tone if you kind of read between all the the rhetoric over the last couple of weeks there still remains big hurdles which need to be addressed um, one of the key ones and seems to be a very political point is around fishing rights uh, particularly um, on the French side and the the French insistence that they have continued access to UK waters in in the future on that I, I find I still find that quite amazing really because you know if Fishing as a as as a, as a composite of, of GDP is what point zero three percent or something. It's just uh, you think that that shouldn't should get over the line at some point, right? In in terms of actual cash terms and kind of contribution to the wider economy, it is very small. But it 
it is a big political hot potato and and very much has been made of regaining our rights over uk fishing waters um and on the flip side the french are maintaining a hard stance on it as well so one question will be whether european union leaders i.e the likes of angela merkel uh can persuade um the french in particular president emmanuel macron to to loosen his views on that i think i think what we really i, I think the the big backdrop to this is what we're looking at really is a period beyond this week's summit where talks continue and there has been numerous reports that both sides will intensify talks um over the coming weeks and i think as we've said previously you are unlikely to get a a big agreement this week um and instead what's likely to happen is talks are likely to slip into november and in 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 probably what you will see is is another summit called um in the middle of next month or or around then to try and dot the i's and cross the t's on a on a on a on a final agreement and it still remains our view that we we will see a an agreement on on a free trade deal with the european union um it's just likely to take a bit more time there there is to say there, there does appear to have been progress in some areas over recent weeks for example um the uk seems to have offered some compromises over reciprocal social security rights for eu citizens uh post brexit which has reportedly been taken as a positive step but there are still things which are outstanding kind of the the state aid rules as we've already discussed fishing and the the level playing field is a, is another that's, one as well that's that's really interesting i think i think it might be worthwhile just bringing in chris here to get his thoughts on on the time frames you've mentioned there um, what's happening in the in the interbank market chris what are you hearing from the other guys um in other banks um is it is it kind of looking towards okay november as as ryan puts it is probably being more more of when we we know where we stand here um are, are there still thought talks of of negative rates or as well i mean that's something i'm really very much wanting to get your thoughts on too yeah i mean it's a tricky one because we originally had this kind of 15th of October line in the sand from Boris that's been uh, widely talked about. And we've been waiting for this day for a little while and the day comes and obviously it isn't as hard fixed. I'm going to walk away um, from the from the, from the discussions. Although I would say the um, chief negotiator for us has gone back to the UK today and is due to speak to the prime minister this afternoon to make that decision whether they walk away. But the mood music seems to be that things will continue. There's enough progress being made and they're not going to walk away just yet. So I think we are seeing quite a lot of volatility on the headlines at the moment. Um, I think as you alluded to earlier, we have been like, you know, 200 points up, 100 points down kind of moves. Um, we are finding liquidity quite tough as well. Um, it feels like positions are getting shaked out quite a lot. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite it's quite tricky um, in terms of negative rates. I mean, yeah, there's still a tool that can be used. Um, I still believe it's not the preference to use that tool. But if we do get like a no deal, messy Brexit and the things look like they are with high unemployment and second wave of uh, uh, COVID and lockdowns, then it's something that they'll have to consider um, a lot more. Um, it's clear that they're not completely against using negative rates. I think that's what we can uh, clearly see from comments have been made um so yeah still very possible but still on the back burner for that um ryan what, what about you your thoughts on on negative rates um have you have you had much uh 
commentary certainly within your team and and, and other economists in, on the street in terms of what's what uh, what the bank's thoughts are there well in, in terms of negative rates i don't think our, our, our view has changed over recent weeks and indeed after the last couple of months um in that our view continues to be that look the bank of england is looking at negative rates as a possible tool it can use it is part of their toolkit um but it's something there that the they're considering as kind of a possible tool in the future rather than something that they they they'd want to introduce now um and it's our view that they will on the side of not using negative interest rates instead resorting to what you would argue is kind of the mainstream policy tool now which is qe and and we think you'll get another 75 billion pounds of qe at the 5th of november meeting um i probably should just know on on negative rates um there's been actually a fair few headlines around negative rates uh, from various members of the mpc this week including governor bailey and i think the point here is that the bank of england still um assessing banks operational readiness um for any kind of possible implementation of negative rates um they're doing that in conjunction with the pra and uk banks of think have got until the le- the 11th of november so after the next mpc meeting to submit their responses to that um so this st- as i say it, it to our mind it, it's more of a risk case and certainly not imminent i think the bank would want to fully understand how banks would cope with negative rates before even consider um its actual implementation but as i say we think qe is is, is kind of their, their favored option for for further easing at this point in time good stuff um and then of course we we can't um have a podcast certainly these days without talking about um mr trump he since the last one we've done has contracted the coronavirus has been cured of it and um essentially is now immune so, <laughs> so where, where do we stand on on the election we've got not minute much time to go really it's just over two weeks um they were meant to have the um the second debate today that's been um canned and and we're looking at uh town halls which will be televised um biden's looking what looking to be doing really well in the polls um how um how are you guys thinking and how are you feeling going into into the US election in terms of how that's going to affect markets? I think if you look at the the US political backdrop right now, as you say, Trump had a, his run in with, with COVID last week. Um, he seems to have cover, recovered. One question we had was whether or not um, polls would move in his favour as a result, kind of at a sympathy vote. If you may remember when Boris battled COVID a few months ago, um, his actual support ratings or pollings uh, picked up in the aftermath of that. Now, if you look at the US poll numbers um, in the last week or so, Biden still leads with a hefty margin of around nine points against Trump. Um, although Trump has gained very marginally in, in over the course of this week, um, that's only been um, in the in the, in the region of uh, one percentage point. So. Uh, certainly not a surge but it has been a slight tick up for trump um in terms of biden it, it it's, it's not it isn't looking too bad for him no um i'd say on the national polls he's nine points ahead on the battleground states um the picture there is tighter um but if you kind of look at the the major battleground states um kind of wisconsin um ohio florida and and places like that uh, Biden still leads, um, but the the lead is by around five 
percentage points. It is a nuanced view. For example, in Ohio, uh, Trump's been gaining um, recently as well. So if you look at it on, from a broad perspective, it, it does look as though Biden is favourite for the presidency. I think one question that markets have and is what happens if and one I suppose one concern is what happens if Trump decides to contest the election. Um, and that yeah, I think that could lead to quite considerable volatility, I would have thought. I mean, markets don't like uh, uncertainty and that certainly will bring some. And I suppose the only thing around that is if the, the victory for Biden is so large that it, you know, it can't be contested. So we will wait and see. Do you have any thoughts, Chris, on, on your side? Yeah, um, I can't lie. Biden does look to be doing well. He's um, just had another record fundraiser. So people are certainly putting their money towards Biden. Um, it does feel like uh, the market is starting to price in a Biden victory. Um, we have seen dollar index drop from like 94.7 towards the 93 um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it's a common view that, we, you know, the dollar we sold on a Biden victory is the theory. Um, in, when it comes to reality, if it is quite clear that Biden's going to win, it might be a bit of buy the rumour set of facts on these things. So I think we'll probably be fully priced in by the time it comes to the election. Um, I agree with the uh, being contested. Um, the postal votes are going to be an issue. Um, they will make it an issue. And if it's close, it's going to be an even bigger issue. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of hoping that it's quite clear victory so that you can't contest. Um, but yeah, yeah, there will yeah. be some volatility around it, that's for sure. Okay, well, as, as you can see, everyone, it's, it's, there's so much going on at the moment. Um, you know, markets are extremely choppy. Um, before we leave, I, I would like to get Chris's uh, thoughts on, on certainly support and resistance in, in, in two of the main currency pairs our corporates look at, which is sterling dollar and, and sterling euro. Um, is there anything that we should be kind of keeping an eye on there, Chris? Yeah, in terms of cable, I'm looking at the support level, the 200-day moving average, which comes in at uh, 127.11 uh, at the moment. So that's quite a good level to uh, look for for support. Um, yep. But with all these uh, headlines, we're going to see quite whippy uh, in between. Uh, in terms of resistance, really, we're looking on the high end of 132.70 and then towards 135, top side resistance in cable. Okay. I guess sterling euro, we're kind of looking at, uh, well, 108.50 is major support, while I guess 112.80 is the uh, key resistance. Um, I think we will need something like uh, a Brexit deal or no deal to kind of break out of those ranges at the moment. Yeah, uh, I agree. But they're the key ones to keep an eye on. I think you're right. I think that's a, a great way to wrap it up, folks. I think let's just um, keep keep our eyes and keep, keep your ears peeled. Um, definitely keep close to your investment dealers because it is choppy. Um, I was on the call this morning with a client and in the space of a few minutes, uh, that news of um, of London probably going to lockdown or into tier two rather uh, happened, and you know spot moved almost half a cent. So, you you've, if you see a rate, um, I'd suggest you know um, don't take a look at gift horse in the mouth. Um, definitely definitely um, lock in if you do see something, and and have thick skin to know that actually if you do book your your tickets and you know you, you could find that later that afternoon or, or that session it could be a cent higher or lower depending on which side of the market you are. So. Um, let's keep close. If you do have any more questions on the current state of the market, please don't hesitate to reach out to myself um, and I can I'd certainly loop you into Chris or Ryan too uh, on the back of that. Um, but for now, that's all, all from us. Take care.